You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 28th, episode 3212, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long, there's got to be another way. Is that Jared? That is Jared. That is so old. Oh, my gosh. I dug that one out of the archives. That shows you how long he's been on the show. That was probably from 10 or 12 years ago. And I listened to it this morning, and I went, is that Jared? It is. Well done. I don't know where I found that song. I don't know that he even remembers he did that song, to be honest. I know. By the way, that's Jared Rogerson, who just recently, two weekends ago, did the music and the movement. So it's so crazy. It's funny, when I listened to it, I was like, I don't even remember this opener. It's been so long ago. He sounds 12. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Uh, Jamie's going to do her annual review of how to prepare your horses for fireworks, because guess what? We started having them here in the neighborhood last night. Yeah, we're a little late. (laughs) This weekend's going to be a nightmare. Uh, Next three weeks is going to be a nightmare. What about this weekend? Nobody quits just on the weekend. Uh, I'm going to review the top things to do if you're caught riding in a lightning storm. Uh, (laughs) That's an odd one, but there are a lot of lightning storms right now. I have a Horses in History for you, and you have some weird news? Uh, Just a few. I also did a poll for the auditors in the post show. We're going to talk about your favorite weird smells, the smells you like that nobody else does, and we're going to see what Jamie and I. We're going to see if Jamie and I think you're really weird. So you know what though, I was thinking about the weird smells, and I saw them immediately on this post, and I'm like, these are our people, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not all horse related. There, there's no. some that are not horse related. So we're going to do that in the post show today for you. Also, um, for you that uh, listen on uh, the Stitcher podcast player, by the way, Stitcher was one of the first ones back when we started in 2008. It was one of the first players out there, and they just sent an email out to all of their subscribers that they're going away August 29th. Uh, Stitcher will be no more. So if you listen to us on Stitcher, you're going to need to find a new podcast player. I use Podcast Addict. Which what Do you use the Apple one? I just use the Apple one, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have an Apple phone, you can just use the Apple one. They're supposed to have done an update to the Apple one with the latest new operating system. So, when when you do your new update for your entire phone with the latest operating system, it should do updates to the podcast player. Uh, Because, remember, they had some problems and it wasn't so good for a while. They're trying to fix all that. So, when you do your phone update, you should get a new podcast player. I assume you have not updated your phone. Me? <laughs> do I have to do something to do that? Didn't it just do it automatically? I, I don't know. Some phones are set up that way and some are not. So I don't know whether yours did it or not. Also, I feel like we had this conversation not too long ago about ketchup, about whether you put ketchup in the fridge or you leave it out. 
Uh, and we were that all- was not me. That was your your other girlfriend. Might might, might have been, but Heinz came out with a ruling officially declared what should happen. So do you I didn't realize that where ketchup is stored was such a heated debate. Apparently the people who leave ketchup out and the British especially leave ketchup out. They never put it in the fridge because they like it warm. But they like everything warm. They don't put ice in their drinks either. But are you a keep it out or put it in the fridge or don't you use ketchup? Yeah you use ketchup. I don't use ketchup. It's disgusting. Okay. So and and, and to be fair, like thinking of warm ketchup kind of makes me (laughs) I know, me too. That's why I leave it in the fridge. So we're in the fridge, but about half the world is leave it out and never put it in the fridge. Apparently Heinz came out and settled the debate, which caused another debate on Twitter blew up uh, because of the important things we have to discuss in this world. They said that after it's opened, it should be put in the fridge. Oh, because cold it, ketchup it is. <laughs> it has high acidity, and after you open it, it should go in the fridge. Now, everybody was saying, you know, I've left mine out for years. I haven't gotten sick. And they said, you're not going to get sick necessarily. What it does is it degrades the taste the longer it's not refrigerated. You mean the corn syrup that people, that Heinz puts in their ketchup starts to degrade? That's so weird. <laughs> yes, apparently, yes. <laughs> so there you go for all of you people. Now, there'll be a post on the auditor room and this will become a debate. <laughs> so that's the official though. Heinz says, refrigerate your ketchup. I'm kind of in the, in the if I open it, refrigerate it kind of Yeah, we are category. too, like anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. going to go like, ahead and stick that in there. Let's not take a chance. Let's just put it in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, like maple syrup and stuff. We even put that in the fridge. I don't know if you're supposed to. That's corn syrup. The actual maple syrup goes in the fridge. When you buy Aunt Jemima, no, that's no, not real. No, no, I meant actual real. maple syrup. Is that supposed to go in the fridge? The, yes, that goes in the fridge. Well, but it's just natural. Why would it have to? Put it in the fridge. <laughs> like, See? Literally, if you open it, put it in the fridge. They say you don't have to put hot sauce in the fridge. I don't want warm hot sauce. I keep um hot sauce in the fridge. I like it cold. Oh, yeah. See, I, I would think hot sauce would keep for like 89 years outside the fridge. It's... I don't care. If I've opened it, There, I don't want little bacteria climbing in it. I want my bacteria to sit nice and slow and unable to get up the bottle. So officially here on Horses in the Morning, if you open the bottle, put it in the fridge. That's the rule. It's kind of like um, like my mom that, that's always bothered my my grandmother, I think, too, because she can't grew up in the Depression. But my mom's thing was, if in doubt. Throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have that one too. <laughs> and so I think that's why I refrigerate everything because if it's in my pantry, I'm like, oh, got to throw it away. There's I at least once terrible. a week when I get something out that's leftovers and I show it to Jennifer and I say, which day did we eat this? If you can't remember <laughs> when you had it, you should throw it out. Well, that's usually what we end up doing. And the next question is, is, is it green? And I'm like, no, it's not green, but I don't remember quite what day. So, so like yeah. if it, the cheese end gets green, do you just like shave that off or do you have to throw the whole thing I away? Throw the we whole can thing get away. into a whole discussion. I can't, because I don't like uh, moldy cheese anyway, that kind of stinky cheese. So if it's green for me, it's gone. <laughs> and I know you can cut it off and use it. I get it, but I can't. Glenn's the if in doubt, throw, throw it, it out category. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's another t-shirt for our collection we could make a million dollars off of. I know, right? Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Well, we have a couple of auditor birthdays today. Aaron King, Taylor Renee, uh, D. Sabantino, and Allie Henninger. Happy birthday to all of you. We hope you have a terrific day.
Uh, Daily Wendy goes to a listener of ours named Mary Calkins. Mary is trying to get me in trouble, and she's also trying to do. Uh, she's trying to do good, but also going to get me in trouble. And I will have more information on this next week. But just know, <laughs> Mary, thank you very much. You've begun. Is Mary going to cause you to get divorced? <sighs> See, it's like one of those things. Like somebody messaged me yesterday. Um, I've got a friend who would like to board their horse. She's really great. She's awesome. And these are the, the I have I have two boarders, the same family. They keep two horses here. And they were like, We have this friend and they'd like to be a boarder, and they're just great people, like and the horse date. is super nice. <laughs> and I just wonder. And so I told Chad, I'm like, hey, we got a request for another boarder, and apparently she's super cool. And he's like, I don't understand. Why we finally start to get the numbers down and you want to bring them right back up. So I had to go to my boarder. But this is a paying I, one. I know. He, yeah, I know. So I said to the boarders, I said, all right. She was like, so what do you think? And I was like, here's what Chad and I agreed on. If you're willing to give up your spot for her, she can come. <laughs> All of a sudden, that wasn't happening, was it? And they were like, never mind. It's, good. it's okay. Never mind. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, so she's probably sent me 10 people that because she posted about being at my farm and how great it is and all those wonderful things. And yeah, I'm like, and as, Listen. as we know, we're always looking for a new boarding stable that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And mine's perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> everybody wants that perfect boarding stable. It's not a boarding stable. It's my house. So <laughs> it's like, it's going to be to be perfect because I live here. So yeah. So they're awesome people and I love them. And I'm like, if you want to give up your spot, then she can come. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Chad's going to move out one of these days. Oh, yeah. He's so like, Mary's, you live at the house. I'll live over here. <clears throat> Mary's doing her darndest to just continue to add strife to this marriage. And I'll <laughs> fill you in more next week. You know, there's some strife happening. It's in Broward County, Florida. Oh, it, my God. This is so <laughs> terrible. It's not just elections. Remember, that was the election with uh, George Bush. It was Broward County. That we had to count the chads. That was the same county. <laughs> the hanging chads. <laughs> hanging chads. Well, they're not having hanging chad problems. They're having giant African land snail problems. They're known it sounds like a character on SpongeBob. It does. It's the giant African land snail. <laughs> and he has a funny accent. Um, known to be one of the most dangerous species of giant African land snails, they've quarantined the counties and they've said that you're not allowed to move them or move produce or basically move any plants, including soil, compost, yard waste, in or out of the area without a, a compliance agreement from the agricultural department. So basically, this Broward County is under horticultural uh, quarantine, lockdown. Yeah, okay, lockdown. So what? So you can't move the snail or plants that it's touched, or dirt, or kill, compost, or yard. You, what do you just burn everything? I don't like, know how you kill snails either. I didn't. Re, it didn't say in the article, but they eat at least five hundred different types of plants. They can they can chew through. Are you ready for this? Stucco, plastic recycling bins, and signs, metal signs. What? Their, their calcium shells bear pointy edges, sharp enough to blow out tires of vehicles that run over them. How big are these, these things? These are pretty big. Um, the snails also pose a health risk to humans because they carry a parasite called. Are you ready for it? Anybody eating breakfast? I apologize. Rat lungworm. 
It's a parasite called rat lungworm. lungworm. Where they like, let's figure out all the horrible things and put them <laughs> put all in, in one, one animal, <laughs> which can cause meningitis, which is fun apparently. Um, My so, God. <laughs> so we have these giant snails that are going to blow out your tires, eat everything in sight, including your house. And they're Give going to kill you. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Go. Welcome so how, to Florida. <laughs> how did, I mean, seriously, people, Florida <laughs> just is ridiculous. But like, I, I've done in weird news stories, like somebody was smuggling snails through their luggage, you know, and like they got, you know, arrested and all that. But like, is this, is this the snail that they were smuggling? I don't know. This is just horrible. These things usually do come but over you, in luggage or, or, it or also produce or something. makes me say, I am not going to Africa. If these are just a random land snail that they have, like, <laughs> they, they keep me just running around Africa everywhere. I don't know. Uh, let Lord. me look up how big uh, is, uh, let me look that it up. It can't be so, small considering it's called way, a giant African land They do snail. look like giant, oh, they reach eight inches in length and five inches in diameter. Oh my god! So it's like a football. Oh my god! Oh dear God! <laughs> These are with oh my god! Somebody's holding them in their hand, and it's the entire length of their hand, if not longer. And it has a hard shell, and then their their front part sticks out like a snail, but it sticks out like the entire length of the shell, and it's really ugly. Oh, okay, oh I gotta god. search oh. for this. Yeah, oh, up- why would you touch it? <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> and I'm sure Kevin is proud to be a sponsor of the giant African land snail show. And they're coming up right now. We'll be back with a dramatic reading. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel and trailering can throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and immunity, performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propanate on the market today, ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. That's Kemen, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash Chromium EQ. Okay, hold on. Before we get to the dramatic reading, I googled giant African land snails. And you know how, like, they'll come up with some pictures of it, which is mm-hmm. horrifying. <laughs> then there's, like, the questions that people ask yeah. about it. And first one is, why are are giant African snails illegal? And the next one is, can you keep a giant African land snail as a pet? <laughs> Let me go ahead and answer that for no. you. No, don't do that. <laughs> Did it, it, what's the next one? How do you get rid of them? Uh, one is what to do if you find a giant African oh, land snail. Answer? Okay, the answer for that one, if you find one, contact your state USDA officer plant pest control agency immediately. You must... Uh, If you must handle snails, wear gloves, avoid bodily contact, particularly with your eyes, nose, and mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting near this thing. (laughs) What is the lifespan? They live six years. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
You know, butterflies live 11 days. They're pretty and beautiful. The giant African snail, seven years. <laughs> um, by the way, don't let your dog play with them because they can p- pass on potentially fatal rat lungworm parasites. <laughs> All right, let's take a cleansing breath. Oh, my uh, God. Ugh. I need a drink or something. <laughs> we've, we've talked about rotten ketchup and uh, giant African land snails so far this morning. What else do we have? <laughs> I'm going to talk about getting struck by lightning later. Oh, yeah, that'll be fine. And then we're going to go weird news, which is just all sorts of dead people. Oh, uh, and we're going to talk about fireworks scaring your horses today, too. We got a whole day of drama ahead for you. This is such an uplifting (laughs) show. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Wow. All right. So dramatic reading. What's the story here? Okay. So um, I was perusing the HRN Auditor Facebook page, which is... uh, Always, it's never dull. It's never dull. And Allison proved that. And I just feel like I've had experiences somewhat similar to this. And I don't know all the backstory on all of this, but I read it and I'm going to read it on the show as I read it in my head. And so Allison doesn't know we're doing this. So (laughs) you posted it. We get it. Um, So I'm going to also have to like edit for language. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Dramatic reading. A long day finally over, showered, fed, and bed. I turn the window fan and I peek out to see my pony standing statue still. He lowers his head to the ground and then back up. What are you doing? He repeats the odd behavior. Something must be in the forest. He's intently looking into the trees. I look around and I think, where are the other horses? Oh, my God, where are the other Oh, my God, they're not in the property. They're out in the woods. I run through the house and shove my feet in the closest shoes. One running shoe, one Ariat boot. Crap. (laughs) Crap. Oh, well, go, go, go. I say as loud. I say out loud as I grab a flashlight, slamming the door behind me. I run as fast as I can down the stone steps to the courtyard. My heart is racing and I'm terrified they'll head towards the road. I shine my light on the fence. It's down. It's all down. I sprint to the barn and I turn the box off and I stall the one pony that didn't leave. Shining my light on the fences. All I can think about is how am I going to tell my boarder her horse got out and got hit by a truck? I'm panicking, running down the fence lane. Damn it. Where did you guys get out? The perimeter fence was still standing. The stalled pony then starts to panic. So I run back to him and I throw him some hay and I say, there's nothing that I can do, pony. Nothing. My heart sinks and my adrenaline raises. I've got three horses off the property. None of them are wearing halters. One is completely wild. I'll never get her back. What will I tell her owner? <laughs> I hear hoofs galloping on pavement. Shoot, 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 shoot. They're on the road. They're on the road. I sprint back up the stone path and the house for my car keys. I get in my car. I peel down the drive and I step on the gas. Oh, shoot. That was not shoot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you, God. You're not off property. Okay. Think. Breathe. They're all here. I need grain. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. All the downed wires were in the courtyard. Yeah, usually follow the path of the downed wire. My pony knew something was in the woods, and I, I, I thought it was the other horses. So I yard all the other ones. I put the three escape artists away. I fed everyone extra hay, and I took one more peek out into the woods. What do I see? Nothing except a pair of unusually large eyes. Sasquatch. 
It's 1.30 a.m. and I think my heart rate finally came down enough to sleep. Good night. <laughs> We've all had these nights. <laughs> I, I mean, I can so relate to like putting on one shoe and one boot. I'm like, here's a boot. Here's a flip flop. It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> and, and when you, I love when she automatically goes to the horses are on the road and dead. Because oh, yeah. that's where your mind goes immediately is the worst possible scenario. Oh, they're all dead. At one or in the they're morning. not. They're going to die, and then I'm going to have to sort through that. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Um, again, all I, you're all my people. Everybody listening to this is my person. <laughs> we lived in Newville. We had our farm there. It was about 25 acres, and we lived along a road. And I can't tell you how many nights we got up and the horses were on the road at 3 in the morning. Oh. I, I I remember very distinctly two Decembers ago. It's getting close to Christmas time, and my house, you know, is set fairly far back from the road. You know, like on the back of our property, and uh, I was like maybe midnight, and I'm in bed, and I hear a <laughs> like, oh god, that's not good. Yeah. Um, so I go to the door, Chad goes to the door, he's like, I'm It's like, either the up? police or your horses are out. <laughs> and it's just some guy, and he's like, get a truck, and he's like, hey, um, I think y'all's horses are out. And I was like, no, no, that's not possible, they're out in the pasture. He's like, no, there's some horses out, they've run down the road. And I was like, excuse me? Well, he was like, I'm like, they're not ours, mine are in the, in the, in the road, we've got gates, uh, front gates. And he's like, well, do you have a horse that has a big red blanket? It's a gray horse. And I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> it was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Panic, panic, panic. And, uh, yeah. So we had an electric gate and it shuts, but it uh, malfunctioned and it closed because it started doing this afterwards. It would close and then reopen about six feet. Yeah, just enough for horses to get out. <laughs> yeah, and of course the perfect storm had happened to, because there's like three gates they have to get through to get to that gate. And uh, the cool thing is that they were horse and hound horses, so they're not even mine. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That was real fun. Catching the thoroughbreds on the road, playing with traffic. And, yeah, I, I, and then I lose my job because I killed two horses on the road. I get it. I, that's exactly where my heart went. I, yep. They're dead. It always goes there immediately when you get out the door. It's like, oh. Now, the perfectly ironic thing was they actually my in-laws lived in the neighborhood nine tenths of a mile away and they were two houses away from my mother-in-law's house which if a prince would have gone in her lawn oh my god i'd be dead hey i have an amazing miraculous i'll, I'll i have an upbeat story for the show okay tell me something okay. good. yeah this is good i just reminded me when we're talking about the people, uh, things getting loose so when we had our hundred acre property in pennsylvania we had the best dog it's still Jennifer's lifetime dog. Name was Hulahand, and it was an outside barn dog. Would not come in the house, period. Just didn't want to have anything to do with the house. Well, one winter, it was December, the Huli left and never came back. We had 100 acres, and she still wandered off. Left and never came back. It was over a month later. It was the week between Christmas and New Year's. All of a sudden, a truck comes riding down the driveway, and Hulahand was in the truck. And what had happened is she had gotten stuck in an animal trap in the woods. <gasps> Spent three weeks stuck in an animal trap in the woods, survived, came back. Now, foot was all screwed up and eventually healed. Those uh, are illegal. They're illegal in most places. It's Pennsylvania. <laughs> 
So, um, Redneck Central. So, uh, he, he found the tag and brought her back. She, we had thought she was long dead. You know, an animal had gotten her or something. Bear got her, whatever. Uh, but she was alive, and now she couldn't walk for, like, another month, and she would not come in the house to, re, to rehabilitate. We had to set her up a bed in the barn. It was cold out. We put a blanket on her, and she would manage to hobble to go to the bathroom and stuff. We, and then eventually her paw actually healed, and she lived for another couple of years after that. But there was why one we on thought was Earth completely gone. Are you, why are you telling us this? Because it was a happy ending. It's the one thing we're doing today that has happy ending. <laughs> My dog ran away and got stuck in an animal trap for three weeks. Oh, my God. It survived, though. Isn't that a miracle? It's a miracle. <sighs> That's a very random story. Did this, like, just happen? Uh, what, no, what no. It was, like, this? 30 years ago. It Because of animals getting out. See, that's what reminds oh. me of. <laughs> that I is such a reach. <laughs> fireworks. Oh Let's talk about medication. fireworks. Let's go from one story to another. Fireworks. Everybody's favorite thing uh, if you're on a horse or a dog or anything that's frightened by fireworks. So last night, we live in a neighborhood, and they started. And our neighborhood is probably 70% Latino. And we learned something when we moved here last year. Not only do we not speak their language, um, they also love fireworks. They love fireworks. So if your horses are in an area, Jamie helps us out every year. But I thought before we get into how how you can train your horses for fireworks, uh, I thought I would help you out by giving you some fireworks stats that led me down a rabbit hole this morning. Do you realize that in 2021, Americans alone shot off 428 million pounds of fireworks. 428 million. 2.2 billion dollars worth. Wow. Do you know that a typical small town fireworks display that lasts 10 to 20 minutes costs them between two and ten thousand dollars? I believe it, and my neighbors are all invested in that. (laughs) (laughs) So, in 2021, there were an estimated 1,500 emergency department-treated injuries associated with fireworks. 1,100 of them involve sparklers. Everybody thinks sparklers are safe, right? But apparently... Give them to the kids! (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There were 19,500 fires reported annually because of fireworks. Can I back up to the sparkler injury? Yes. <laughs> who's, who's requiring medical attention for a sparkler injury? I don't know what they're doing. Eating them? I don't know what they're doing with this. Emergency department treated injuries associate 1,100 involving sparklers. sparklers. So yes. What are you putting it in your eyeball? I what? Know. I don't know. Now, would you have a guess? Now, uh, I know you're seeing this, but... It, this, my guess was completely wrong. The top five states for fireworks injuries. And I I know where I would have guessed. What would you guess the top five states for fireworks injuries? Anywhere where the first thing someone says is, hey, I'll watch this. That's exactly. The South or, is what I would have hey, guessed. hold my beer. I, I would have guessed Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana would have been my guess. Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Any, any, you know, mm. and I can make fun of the South because I live there. So I'm from Georgia. So like. For yep. once, we don't win this competition. <gasps> what? Midwestern states took every spot in the top five for the most firework injuries. Oh, y'all are stupid. Believe it or not, South Dakota is number one. And considering their population's not great, I would say. Nebraska- is it like a percentage of people I, that live there, maybe? Yes, I think it is. Nebraska took the second spot, followed by Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan. 
Okay. So, well, so the South is not the only place with dumbasses, is what I'm saying. We're, we have company. <laughs> They're stupid up north, too! <laughs> the, largest per, the largest consumer of fireworks, what would you guess, in the United States? Who consumes more fireworks and uses more fireworks than any other place? Like what states? No, no, no. This is what, what facility, what place shoots off more fireworks than anybody else. Oh, gosh, you got to be Disney World. Disney World is the largest. Don't they do it like every day? Every day. Get this. Disney World spends $40,000 a night on fireworks every night. That it, just shows you how overflated their ticket prices are. <laughs> Can y'all drop the price and just stop the fireworks? They just went up again, too. Annually, this adds up to $50 million a year they spend on fireworks. Good Lord. If you're a fireworks maker, that's your, that's a gig you want. Yeah, you want to bid on that one. The next one is uh, the last thing I stat I have for you before Jamie helps us out. By the way, I, if you're hearing noise, we have a thunderstorm going and they're replacing our garage door. So <laughs> there's a lot of noise going on right now. Uh, on average, the average person in the United States that does fireworks spends between $80 and $200. However, your neighbor, the ones who are exceptional in their spending, spend an average of six to $800. I think my neighbor probably spends two to five thousand dollars. Same as a small town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we went to it a couple years ago because it's like a show. <laughs> how do they four afford to do down. that every year? I don't know how they afford to do it. People, yeah, okay. Because once you shoot money, it off, it's, it's done. A thing. It's know? a thing. You know what? Rich, dumb people with money are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you do? I realize we're, we're at the Wednesday before it's next Tuesday. So we're a week away. Is there anything you, you can do to help your horses? You got time. Yeah. So there, there's this all happened by accident. Okay. So I was training a, my, my makeover horse in 2019. His name was Groot. And I was training him to, I was shooting bows and arrows off of him. I'm not a mounted archer. But I thought that'd be cool to like do a bow and arrow archery thing for the makeover. And then I was like, mm, that's kind of boring. What can I do to make it harder? I was like, what if I shot and pop balloons while I was cantering by? Because <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? So I realized I've got to start getting him used to popping balloons. How could I do that? So I I took the, the target and I put balloons all over the target and right next to his stall, right outside his stall. And I put him in the stall and I started shooting the balloons and popping them when he would eat. And he would freak out and then go back to eating and then freak out and then go back to eating and then freak it. Then kind of look around and go back to eating. Within like two days, I was shooting these balloons and he didn't care. So I was like, well, that's cool. Like I figured out how to get him used to the sound of the popping and all that. So um, that was I think at the end of June, I started doing that. And then July 4th was like right around the corner. And I, I just noticed that they didn't care about the fireworks. Like none of my horses cared. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's because I was popping all of those balloons in the barn and all the horses eat at the same time. So uh, it is, I learned this by just by being there. So, um, so what I do every year now, because I have a revolving door of horses and funny enough, you asked me to do this segment today on the show. And I was actually had started my balloon training this morning. <laughs> uh, I was like, Oh my God, I just finished. And the key so, is do it while they're eating. Cause they're distracted and then they don't focus on it. So if you do it while they're eating, there's something that they really want. And it's almost, I, I mean, 
if you give them space to run, they're going to run, right? but they don't have space to run and they've got food and they're most focused on the food. So they, what you do is you, you know, you t- I take my feed cart out and I feed them all. Now I have a bunch of fat horses right now that don't eat much. So I pre blew up the balloons that I was going to pop. But most of the time, if I'm feeding them, they're going to eat for a while. I feed, put the food in, <sighs> blow up a balloon. I have a needle and I pop it. And it, yeah, it's, it's weird to pop a balloon. Like just close your eyes and look away and pop it. And then they all jump like, Oh my God. And then nothing happened. Like nothing hurt. The noise happened and nothing happened and they go back to eating. And so they ever so quickly learned that what just happened doesn't matter because nothing hurt. No one's caused pain and they still have the food. And so you wait until they're comfortably back eating food again, blow up another one and then pop it. And within four or five balloons, they don't care. They just keep eating. And if you do that for three days straight, it's, it's amazing how, and I keep doing it too, you know, and they, cause they're in the stalls, nothing happened, nothing hurt. And you just pop it. And that noise in the barn, a big balloon popping in the barn is going to be louder than a fireworks show down the street, you know, cause it's right in their face. And I will stand right outside there, you know, cause I have a little square cut out and you dump the grain in and they're eating in the corner and I'll stand there and pop it just outside their stall. And nothing happens. And now none of them care at all. And none of them care about noise, loud noises about trucks that backfire about. Yeah, that helps when you're planes. riding too, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. The things that scare me, my horses don't get scared of. Like I'll be like, Oh my God, what was that? And the horse is like, shut up. And let's just keep going <laughs> <laughs> because it just, I don't know what, I don't know why it just, do you so, sense it? It just connects in their brain that loud noises don't matter. And it's really a great, it, it helps improves the, all of their world. So if your horse is pasture boarded, you're going to have to, you're going to have to bring them into a cl- enclosed space rather than trying to do this with them just eating out of a pan in the pasture. Because you're right, they would have the opportunity to run then. Yeah, yeah. you you don't want to you just put them in a put them in a stall, put them in a panels. I don't know, just do something to where they can't run. And again, they don't. You know, every once in a while, there's a couple horses like Duke, my old angel Duke. He was terrified the first time I, po- I popped it for like probably three or four times. He Now he doesn't care. But he, it was like new to him at 30 you know, or 28. He was like, oh, my God. You know, now he, he doesn't care. But you don't give him the opportunity to run because then they could get hurt. Well, I'll tell you the other thing that works is when we moved to Florida, we moved into a property for eight years that we rented that had a gun range. Um, yeah, and uh, when you when uh, you have a landlord that likes to shoot guns all the time, like once a week, uh, and uh, big guns and little guns, they get really used to it. <laughs> yeah. So, so our horses are like, eh, who cares? Well, <laughs> it, it takes me back to <clears throat> the greatest book of all time, Glenn, which is, um, uh, War and Peace. Better. No, 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 the greatest book of all time, Black Beauty. Oh, yeah. And I think of this, I think of this book all the time, mm-hmm. uh, because my arena is right next to my so road. Bad. It's, I don't, I just want to punch you through the microphone <laughs> when you see things like that. <laughs> so in the book, Black Beauty, he talks about how part of his training was he got put onto this field. And long story short, 
it's right next to train tracks and the train goes by and he talks about how scared he is and how he runs, but like no other horses cared. And the train went by like eight times a day. And at the end of the two weeks, he didn't even notice the trains going by anymore. Um, and so my arena is next to a road. So when I get a horse in for training, I put them in the arena for the first night so they can just get used to the cars and bikes and all the things that go back and forth down the road. And I always think of black beauty because that is what he did or what his owners did, you know, back in the day to get him used to train. And he said he was so grateful for that training because so many horses in London were scared of trains and he was never afraid of them. And I think of like this with the fireworks, like you just expose them to it, but nothing happens. And then it just becomes no big deal. It just becomes part of the background noise. So I hope that's a good explanation. Um, I do suggest you get it done now. Just run up to Walmart and get, you know, a bag of a stack of balloons and blow them up and pop them. And I do have a little needle thing that I use to pop them because I wanted to be quick because God, I hate popping them on my face. But It's always it, louder in the barn too. Yeah, it echoes, <laughs> yeah. But it's not too late. Just get started. No big deal. So right now, Stateline Tack is having a up to 75% off sale because they're moving their warehouses and they have to get rid of crap. And we did that once when we had our business and it ain't any fun. It's not fun at all. So you try and sell <laughs> as much as you can before you move your warehouse. So they are having a warehouse clearance. There is, let's see here, 10, 10 pages, uh, 30 per page. That, you know, three, what, 3,000? I don't know. A lot of items. You can go there right now. They have helmets. They have boots. They have fly sheets. Uh, limited sizes on all of these things, uh, but they are definitely marked down. Uh, and breeches and just everything and anything. Halters. Uh, they have breakaway halters. They have leather halters. All different kinds of stuff marked up to 70% Casual off. fly masks are $14? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're probably limited sizes, so check them out. I know a lot of these say only seven, only one left, only ten left. Oh, so only two left, only four left. So you're going to want to definitely get over there as soon as possible and check out these items because they're getting rid of them, so they don't have to move them. That's what we used to do when I worked at uh, for Bit of Britain at, at Rolex. You always went came shopping the last day because we marked everything down because none of us wanted to pack that crap. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> So, and plus it had been, it had always, it had rained and it was, everything was muddy and it was just a nightmare. <laughs> so every year at Rolex. And if anybody knows the Bit of Britain booth at Rolex, you'll know that we're not talking about a small amount of stuff. There was always no. a large amount of stuff. We always took three big trucks to that. So anyway, statelinetack.com. Get your shopping done over there today. Horses and History Today is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Today, this is Horses and History, was written by one of our terrific auditors, Biz Stam, and is something a little unusual, but it does tie into horses and farms at the end. A Capable Man by Biz Stam. Gardens are a threshold between what is wild and what has been domesticated by humankind. From potted herbs on a windowsill to a well-planned courtyard, gardens offer the ability to organize and arrange the natural world. In 18th century England, gardens had become a prominent feature of the great manor houses. Meticulously manicured hedges surrounding carefully plotted rows of flowers and rectangular bodies of water were typical of this era. As the task of designing and maintaining these elaborate feats of landscape architecture required a great deal of skill, 
the position of head gardener carried a great deal of prestige. At one of those great manor houses, Kirkharl Hall, an ambitious 16-year-old boy, the son of a chambermaid, managed to obtain the position of apprentice to the head gardener. He was a quick learner with a natural gift for the craft. At the age of 23, no longer a boy, but instead a young man, his talent had become undeniable, and he parted ways with the great manor house in Kirkharl, seeking bigger stages for his work, at even greater houses. After designing a handful of commissioned pieces, he acquired the position of undergardener at Stowe House in Buckinghamshire, working for the head gardener, William Kent. Kent, already a revolutionary in the realms of painting and architecture, was never one to be satisfied with the status quo. He had grown tired of the straight lines and regimented order that had become common for the day in the gardens of the great manor houses. He wanted to bring a bit of the countryside, a bit of the wild, back to the garden. The young undergardener became quite taken with this more natural style of gardening, drawn to the feelings of harmony and calm it evoked. At the age of 26, the young undergardener was promoted to head gardener, and it wasn't long after that that he created what would later become known as his first masterpiece, the Grecian Valley. Embracing the style of gardening he learned under Kent, the Grecian Valley represented the ideal natural landscape. Word of his genius at Stowe and this new style, dubbed the Gardenless Garden, spread quickly and created an insatiable demand for his designs. He would frequently tell those who commissioned his talents that while he might own a beautiful piece of land, it has the capability for improvement. He said this so often, in fact, that people began calling him by the name Capability. For most gardeners, the task of designing a garden is long and tedious, taking days, if not weeks, to survey the land and draft a design. The young gardener from Stowe, however, worked quickly, supplementing his own two feet with four hooves of a fast horse. Legend has it that the young gardener, aided by his horse, could survey a piece of land and craft a design in a matter of hours. Because of his ability to work quickly, the young gardener, Lancelot Capability Brown, became quite prolific. He designed nearly 170 gardens throughout England, many of which are still thriving today. There seems to be no lack of poetic justice in the fact that so many of the remaining gardenless gardens, designed by the landscape architect on a fast horse, have become best known for places where elite equestrian athletes gallop and jump over natural-looking obstacles. Some of the most prestigious horse trials in the world, Chatsworth, Blenheim, Badminton, and Burley Houses, just to name a few, boast gardens made by the man who became known as Capability. Just as he sought to bring out the best qualities that exist naturally in the countryside, the riders that come to compete at these events must do the same with horses, working with the mighty power underneath them instead of against it. A rider that does this will paint a picture of perfect harmony between man and nature, just as Lancelot Capability Brown did with his gardens. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer, and I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small, dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it 
delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, dailydoseequine.com online or chewy.com. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. Well, it's ironic today that we're, we're right now here in Ocala having a thunderstorm when I'm talking about this. I saw this is to add to our sad news and uh, depressing stuff of the day. Oh, God, what now? <clears throat> there was a man, 27-year-old, named Terrell Vineyard, who uh, died of a lightning strike while horseback riding in Nebraska on June the mm. 21st. Which reminded me that we haven't talked it for years and years and how, years. Is it weird if I ask how the horse is? Uh, didn't say. I'm guessing it wasn't good. Okay. I'm guessing that neither one of them did well. Um, and you know what's, what's ironic is Jennifer's brother, the Green Bray, has been struck by lightning three times. Like oh, direct on. hits. Yep. He still lives to tell about it. Um, so the I did find a terrific article that was on women of ageridinghorses.com. Women of ageridinghorses.com. It's a blog, but they had an excellent safety tips if you're caught riding in a lightning storm. So let's say you're out riding in the mountains or wherever and the storm comes up quickly, that can happen and you're stuck. Obviously, their first tip was check the weather before you leave and don't go riding in an electric storm. That was their first tip. But uh, if we go beyond that, they did have some good advice. And one of them that Jamie said earlier in the show was incorrect. Do not be the highest object. I think we all know that. They do say... You, that was, you asked me off the air, what would you do in a lightning storm? And I said, said that the, the best tree, thing to do tree. is to go underneath a tree and hug it. Yeah, and so I said that's, that's, no. not, that's not a good thing. <laughs> no? You, no? You don't stand up on the top of your <laughs> no. barn roof and put your arms in the no. air? No. <laughs> dismount oh, and lead your horse. That's one of the things they do say. Dismount because, you know, if it strikes close by, the horse freaks out, you're going to get hurt falling off the horse. So get off the horse. I don't know whether this guy was on the horse or off the horse. Uh, avoid hills, ridges, and peaks. You want to be at the lowest elevation possible. Shelter at the bottom of a ravine. And if you're in a ravine, and, you know, in the movies, you would get in the ravine and you would have your horse lay down with you in the ravine. But I'm thinking my chances of getting Scooter to lay beside me are slim. I think Come here, kitty, slim. kitty, kitty. Let's snuggle. Let's snuggle. <laughs> That's one thing we haven't practiced. Um do not use a cliff or a rocky overhang for shelter. If lightning strikes above it, it will travel down on the face of the hill toward the ground uh, where you are. So I would have thought a rocky overhang. I would have went there. Really? I would think that there'd be like a, you know, an avalanche. <laughs> See, I would have went with the rocky overhang. Do not hide in a cave entrance unless you can safely, safely move deep within it. The cave is not safe if the floor is wet. 
What does that mean? Like it's going to like all of a sudden water's going to shoot out and flood you? No, no. Uh, you're standing in water at the cave entrance. It hits nearby and it comes through the ground, hits you. Cause oh, gosh. I've seen way too many movies. <laughs> I'm like, okay, the cave shuts up and it, all of a sudden water comes out of the ground <laughs> no, and fills up and you're at the top trunk banging on the rock. Oh, my God. I'd be I, afraid I, lightning would hit and cause the avalanche and then I wouldn't be able to get out of the cave. But See, you're at the – okay, I get it. All right, here's what you do. As you find a rocky overhang that has a cliff behind it that's water on the ground and the lightning strikes and then what's going to happen is the rocks are going to fall in front of the cave cave then you're going to be pushed back and water is going to come up from the ground and then you're in there. I'm like Houlihan, stuck for weeks. Uh, Do not shelter under an isolated tree. (laughs) So there's yours right there. Seek a, now this is interesting, seek a wooded area ideally where trees are similar sized. Avoid individual trees that stand above the canopy. While a tree remains a lightning target, sheltering within woods lessens the odds of a strike in your vicinity. Makes sense. There's thousands of trees. You're one of the thousand then. How do I inspect the height of trees in a canopy <laughs> when I'm in a lightning storm underneath it? Avoid I mean, water. These are good, but like. <laughs> All this is happening pretty quickly, too. Avoid water, ponds, rivers, creeks, puddles, or anywhere that basically has standing water because water attracts uh, electrical current. Other conductors to avoid... Isn't it raining in a lightning storm? <laughs> Other conductors to avoid include man-made objects, barbed wire fence, power lines, and wet lead ropes. Oh, you mean I shouldn't like, climb so turn on a your power worst line I don't while a lightning storm is going? <laughs> what? That's crazy. All right. Uh, if you're in the open, turn... Oh. If you're in the open, make yourself small by curling into a ball. Again, your horse is above you, so chances are that your horse is dead and you aren't. Uh, If you're in a group, do not huddle together. Spread at least 20 feet apart. I think the reason for that is all of you won't die at the same time. Only one of you will die. It literally says this will reduce the risk. I'm sorry, I have to make fun of this. So, like, basically, if somebody's, like, if so, if we're going to die, just let's make it one of us and not all of us. So, everybody is kind of like, just spread out, play hide and seek, and if you get found, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one of you dies, and the others can get help that way. Uh, oh, if possible, God, tie your horse to a small tree, ground stake, or hobble, and uh, then get 20 feet apart. So Didn't you tell me not to? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what, what we're coming down to is... Tie just your don't... horse to a tree and let him die. Yeah, don't ride in a thunderstorm. <laughs> That's the key here. The key so, is just don't ride in a thunderstorm, because no scenario is great. Do you remember... This might have been the endurance episode. This was probably seven, eight years ago. We had the endurance riders on who were doing a world championship in the Philippines. They were in the middle of the jungle and a wicked storm came up and they were, they were doing a hundred mile ride. Wicked storm came up. So they, they were trying to find shelter a little bit off the trail. Lightning hit right there. I hit the ground like 10 feet from them, knocked them both off their horses, threw them off their horses. Everybody was okay, but they actually did get hit by lightning in that ride. And so to question, random, uh, remember I told you I was taking my dog to the, to get the, uh, the chiropractor the other day, oh, yeah, which yeah. by the way, it's like a different dog. I'm telling you what, she can jump in the ranger now. She can get in the car. It's crazy. Anyway, so that went great. So um, as I was driving home, it was one of those Oklahoma lightning crazy storms and pouring down rain. And I was in the truck and I was wondering how safe I was in my vehicle. You're pretty safe in your car or 
like I don't know, my truck is taller than most cars, so am I a target? Yeah, well, you're, me- you're safer in your car as long as you're not touching anything outside the car because of the rubber wheels. Oh, so don't like put yeah, my hand out, out and, and yeah, catch don't rain? and touch the roof, right? Oh, okay. Of your car, don't touch the roof of your car as long as you're in the car with the rubber tires, you're okay. So I did see the first time it was called it's called a power flash where like the mm. lightning was so big that it blew up a transformer next to me and then I'm like great That's I'm not freaky, gonna get isn't it? struck yeah it was like a shower <laughs> of sparks I'm like I'm not gonna get struck by lightning I'm gonna get struck by some telephone pole, pole that falls fall on in you. my electrocutes you in the car I didn't mean to make fun of these but some of these some pretty I, well because basically no scenario is a good scenario. <laughs> Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, it's just, just a terrible idea. There's just no you? good. There's no good plan here. No, and this doesn't talk about hail and the tornado that's following, you know. So. <laughs> if you make it through the lightning I would be storm, you're then going to die from if the you tornado. Have, if lightning has hit close to you while you're riding or you've been hit by lightning, let us know because we want to get you on the show. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Send it over there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's hear from Daily Dose. And then we're going to come back as if we hadn't had enough weird news today. (laughs) This whole show has been weird news. (laughs) We're going to come back with more. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Well, it's not really my weird news. It's your weird news because you are the ones that send it to me. And I would like to thank all the wonderful people that have emailed me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Because what happens is they're looking at wherever they get their news from and they're like, oh, that's a weird story. And then they triggers them to go, I should email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And uh, just like well, there was one contributor named Glenn who sent me a few. Uh, <laughs> Janelle, Delia, Allison, Laureen, Margaret, Nicole, Tara, Christana, and Denise. Uh, all of you, thank you very much for participating in Weird News. I'm going to tell you the story of a, a young black bear who was wandering around Washington, a neighborhood in Washington, Glenn. And man, people are just freaked out. And I'm reading the story and I'm like, so a bear's in Washington. That big surprise. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that big a deal, right? Like, it's Washington, D.C. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a little different. So there's a young black bear that was roaming around Washington, D.C., and people started freaking out. It went crazy on social media. Of course, immediately, everybody's trying to name it. Um, but... They had a former perimeter near the 1300 block of Franklin Street to keep people away. And then the young male bear climbed a tree and police used sirens to discourage him from climbing down until capture crews were ready. But he didn't care. He came down anyway and started wandering around yards. And then they were able to tranquilize him and uh, put him into a crate. And they're going to relocate him, quote, somewhere in Maryland. So good <laughs> deep, luck with that. Deep in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we're not telling you where. It's just going to be somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. 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 If we believe them, it'll be somewhere in Maryland. Yeah, it's PC. They're locating him at the White House in the backyard. Uh-huh. He was actually <laughs> like five miles from the White House. Um, Lake Barrington, Illinois. Okay. We're in Lake Barrington. And uh, the police were called. And uh, the Lake County Sheriff's deputies were dispatched to... Uh, 
report about a person with a gunshot wound. And so the deputies run, you know, sirens blaring to this house. The man's losing a significant amount of blood. He had to be hospitalized. Somebody shot him. They get him stable and the police go in to interview him. And thank God he was honest. Otherwise it wouldn't be weird news. Um, (laughs) The man told investigators, quote, I had a dream that someone was breaking into my home. So during that dream, I got up and retrieved my 357 Magnum revolver and I shot at the intruder, but he shot himself (laughs) and woke up from the (laughs) quote. When he fired, he shot himself and apparently woke up from the dream. Yeah, I would think so. You just got (laughs) shot in the leg. Now, here's the fun part is um, he doesn't have licenses for any of his guns. And so now he's in jail. (laughs) He shoots himself and has to go to jail. If you are a heavy, let me sit down, children. Let me me have a little talk with you. If you are a heavy sleeper and you have very vivid dreams and you don't wake up very often with those dreams, let's not have a loaded gun close by. Mm, I mean, just a piece of advice. Yeah, Would you call me crazy? No, I, mean, I think you're probably smart. I think that's a good one. Oh, this is a tale of Oklahoma people just really doing the right thing. So there's a, a, a woman, this is a town not too far from here, uh, Tulsa. And there is a woman in Tulsa who was um, going through a Goodwill. And she's going up and down the aisles. And she's like, oh, what a pretty vase. So she buys the vase from Goodwill and gets it home and went to clean it out. And she's like, oh, my God, this is an urn. That's right. She bought from Goodwill an urn full of ashes <laughs> for $6. Well, they'll sell anything there all day. <laughs> I know, right? A.B. Turner, uh, sorry, Edmund resident, which is near Tulsa, ended up going in, in, to Edmund to buy this urn. And then she found this uh, beautiful vase. Turns out to be an urn. Long story short, goes on social media trying to find the owner of the urn. Whose ashes are these? They actually figured it out. Joe Strickland, who lived in Guthrie, was in the urn. And um, somehow a friend of a friend of a friend connected this. It's a lady that lives in Missouri. And and I love the first sentence. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you what actually happened and then what really happened. Okay. Missouri woman is able to be with the remains of her loved one again when a woman from Edmond found her ashes and their ashes in a vase in a thrift store. She never imagined stumbling across human remains at an Edmond thrift store. It was crazy. I bought it and then I felt like there was somebody there sitting next to me. <laughs> she bought it for six dollars, brings it home, finds out it's an urn, blah blah blah. Tracked down this person who um, lives in Missouri now who had moved away. Strickland died in 2011, but Childs said Strickland's son gave her the urn containing his ashes. That's the reason I knew his mom, because the vase. And so she said that the ashes were, quote, taken from her home just a year after Joel died. And she hadn't seen the urn in 11 years. Let me tell you what really happened. 
this kid is like, I've got this urn of my dad's ashes. I don't want it anymore. What do I do with it? I'm going to give it to this lady. And this lady was like, I don't want this anymore. And she's like, I'm just going to donate it to Goodwill. And then it goes to Goodwill. And then it's like a bad penny. It found her again. (laughs) She has to get rid of it all over again. But they didn't put that in the news. They put... Wow. In the next few weeks, a mutual friend plans to pick up the urn from Edmund and make the trip to Missouri to return Joe Strickland. (laughs) She doesn't want him. Joe has traveled more after death than he did during life. I know, right? It's funny because it's true. All right. And we have to, you know, we always have to end in Florida, as we do, Glenn. So proud of your your state. It started been, in Florida with the giant snail. So I know yeah. we might as well end. So um, there's a uh, you know Panama City, PCB baby. That's where a uh, 38 year old boogie boarder Garrison Creamer was when he was boogie boarding, and he probably should have noticed that there was nobody else in the water. Mm. But he's like, Woo! and the big the red flag on the out. beach. <laughs> Two red flags, Glenn. Two red flags. Because that is an order to get out of the water because of hazardous conditions. And in Apparently, Florida, those include large, large sharks. Sharks, undertow. There's all kinds of ways to die in the ocean, which is why I don't participate in the ocean things like cruises and stuff. There's just too many ways to die. And this guy was like, you know what? Woo-hoo, I get the whole ocean myself. Woo! Spring break. Yeah. Um, so, uh, police came and they were like, get out of the water, get out of the water. And he's like, man, I ain't going nowhere. And then they're like, bring more people. And at this point, there's a crowd of people filming because that's what you do. And they're like, get out of the water. It's two red flags. And he's like, man, I ain't coming out of this water. This is the best kind of body surfing and boogie board I ever seen. So he's out there. He decided to. You need to do that statement with about 12 likes and then it would be better. I mean, listen, you don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So Creamer refused to heed verbal warning sags at the water. Deputies were called to the scene and then they dispatched a helicopter to get him to comply (laughs) with their orders. After about they're going to do like the wild horses. They're going to just shoo them in. Shoo them in. Is, uh, like, like a helicopter is going to deter a drunk guy on a boogie board. Um, so apparently after a half hour or so, he rode the big one and it took him all the way into shore. And uh, then <laughs> he gets on shore and all the deputies come over to arrest him. And he took off running down the beach. <laughs> saying, I'm going to get out of here, man. And I think he dropped his boogie board, uh, left and ran down the beach. And then the police caught up to him. And then he, um, you want to take, make it, let's make a bad situation worse. Okay. So you're in the water. You're not supposed to be in the water. They dispatch a helicopter to get you out of the water. You finally get out of the water and then you run. And then when the police catch you, what do you do? You start a fight. <laughs> Just to add to the charges. So now he drugs was are bad, being, kids. Drugs are bad. He was being charged with a violation of double red flag ordinance. Now he's being charged with double red flag ordinance, obstruction of justice, resisting arrest, and battery on a law enforcement officer. PCB baby, spring break. Woo! <laughs> How do they I'm submit done. weird news to you? You can send them to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. 
There we go. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have the Chi University episode talking about all things Eastern medicine on tomorrow's show. And then uh, really bad ads will happen on Friday. We'll look forward to having you back for that. And you know what happened? There was in back in 2020, in the height of COVID, I did a when we were getting ready to move to the new to the new house. I did a the ultimate box of crap as a prize for really bad ads. It was a big box of crap. I just really got rid of everything I wanted to not move. And <laughs> I'm kind of like state line tech. So I sent it out to a winner who happened to live in Canada, but they had it sent to their friend in Michigan or someplace like that. She just picked it up oh almost my three years later. What? And she posted a picture of all the stuff. And there were some food stuffs in there, too. Excuse me. Horse cookies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I said, maybe you don't want to eat those. Ivendell, <laughs> throw it out. <laughs> but there was all kinds of other good stuff. She took a picture of it all laid out with her with it and sent it. And I wanted to thank her for that. That was very nice of uh, you to do. Send it after all. Three years she waited for that prize. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. That might have been the last time I did a box of crap. I don't know. I don't have much crap anymore. We don't go to trade shows as much as we used to. So I don't get as much crap anymore. And I love the fact that you always said box of crap from your closet. And when I had a cat, my litter box was in our closet. I, know. And I would always be like, not that box of crap. No. <laughs> well, I actually had some good stuff in my crap. All right. Let's uh, call it a day. Uh, auditors, hang on. We're going to find out what you like the smell of that nobody else does. And we're going to see if Jamie and I agree with any of these. That's coming up in the post show. We'll see you in a minute. Time for oh, the auditor. There we go. Oh, wrong noise. Wrong noise. Or geld. Too anxious. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. Nonsense it is today, too. So this morning, I posted about 9 o'clock. Tell us about the weird smell that you love and others may not in the auditor room. We have 107 comments already. <laughs> so, Y'all are weird. <laughs> the first one, though, surprises the heck out of me. We have known Lisa Waisaki, probably... She's the one that fills in here on our show and is the author and all that stuff. Uh, but she's our co-host. And we've known her for probably 10, 12 years. Long time. I did not know this. She said, weird fact, I have no sense of smell. Never have been able to smell anything. It's why I do not have a stove since I can't smell anything burning. And I set my kitchen fire over four times over the years. So I ditched the stove. But watching this thread anyway, for me, it's like exploring, exploring an alien planet. Oh, my God. Somebody asked how she cooks, and she says, microwave and a slow cooker. Wow. I, did, I did not know. We've known her forever. So I told you, I had a friend that um, she was in, I was, it was a boarding barn in Kentucky, and she was a boarder, and I walked into the tack room, and she was washing bell boots. And I was like, oh, my God. Ooh, how are you taking that? She was washing copper tocks out of bell boots. Ugh. In hot water in an enclosed. That just smells tank. like dead animals. <laughs> my eyeballs, I like walking. My eyeballs are burning. Like, oh my god, how can you take that? Like, that smells so bad. She's like, I don't smell anything. I don't smell anything. 
You mean she did not realize she had had a fall off of her horse about a month before and didn't realize she had lost her sense of smell because she had a head injury and lost her sense of smell. She was took me walking into a tack room with her hot water washing copper talks out of bell boots. And I was like, oh, it was not until that moment she did not realize she did not have any smell. I'm like, well, you're welcome. (laughs) That's Nancy. You've met her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Elizabeth says, and I can't agree with any of these, Elizabeth. You're just weird. Um, Gasoline, perm solution, and a dentist's office. Perm solution's worse. My mom used to perm her hair all the time, and it smelled that. That was not a happy memory for me. No. And gasoline, I just don't like (laughs) gasoline. Uh, Chantel says the smell of horses, which is obvious. I I I think there's going to be a lot of those. We'll just skip those for now. The smell of tar. Uh, we use tar against tooth problems and put it on uh, houses and boats. It's also part of some fly remedies. And, of course, everybody smelled tar after it's been done on the road near your house. Uh, oh, Ixamol, yeah. Larry, what's wrong with you? I, you know, it's I, I'm not opposed to tar smell. Peppermint horse breath. Again, well, these are ones I think we're going to get a lot of. Um, MTG? Oh, MTG, MTG is like a... Uh, it comes in a almost like a squeeze bottle and you put it in your horse's tail to like make uh, their hair grow or like it, people use it for everything. And it really stinks. But what it is, is it actually, I think because this is what it smells like to me, it's got baking grease in it and it just smells like rotten bacon to me. And I don't like the smell of bacon anyway. So uh, like, ugh, I hate that stuff. Here's one. You have to be over. 45, maybe 50 to know, and that's mimeograph, the smell of mimeograph. Um, do, were you in school yet when they were using the, the copy Is that machines? where they squeeze your boobs and no, then no, they no, try no, to look? No, 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 oh, that's a, a mammogram. <laughs> this is the copies they used to make on mimeograph machines, and they had a smell of ink. I'm not uh, that old. No, you, maybe 50. I'll go to 50 on that <laughs> <laughs> uh, This would be pre-copy machine when they did mimeographs. Wow. That's, I do remember that smell. Uh, I'm skipping all the horse ones. Diesel gas. Gasoline was in here a lot. And diesel no, gas see, was in here a lot. There's something about when you start a like a Dodge Cummings 3500 diesel on a February morning and you let it just like warm up. Mm. I don't know why that smell is just so pleasant to me. Just the smell of like a diesel engine that's been warming up in cold weather. I don't know why that's weird. So that's when I saw it. And I was like, oh, you're my people. There's another one in here that I smelled yesterday. And I actually said, God, I love that smell. And the, the, my border was here and she's like, what? Like, gro- what? That's what disgusting. It? Hot shoeing. Oh, I hate that smell. Oh, God, it. that is really uh, gross. That is awful. I do. I love hot shoes. So I'm like, I smell it. Nothing That's like burning awful. flesh oh. smell. It's awesome. When I, I met it. Jennifer, that's she had a great hot shoer, but oh, that smell. Oh, oh yeah, I love it. Love it. Uh, here's one old barn smell. And I, th- for Jamie and I, we're out because that means mold and, and allergies. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be able to breathe for a month. Uh, leather, good leather but only good leather. We used yeah. to get, when we used to get the shipments in for the tech shops I worked for, when you get the shipment and you knew before you opened that box, whether it was good leather or the uh, camel pea leather that you got from India, you knew it before like you, fish. Oh, you, like fish. you just knew before you, we called it camel pea, but you can go with fish. Uh, but a good, a good tack shop with good leather. Yeah. I like that. Um, chlorine or bleach. Ugh. No, no, no. 
Oh, it makes you whatever you eat there were tastes a funny. People that said bleach. Maybe it just reminds them of clean things, or their mom was OCD. One or the other. I, I don't think it's called this, Hazel, but the earthy, wormy smells after the first rain of the spring season. I don't want to think about it as wormy, but I call it the <laughs> ozone. It's like the rain falls, and like ozone comes off the ground. Well, and that's <laughs> true of the first couple of times you mow your lawn in the spring. And it smells so good. And then by the middle of summer, you're sick of mowing your lawn, and you don't like it anymore. Well, here's the thing here. Um, the people that um, lived here before, they spread. I don't know why or how, but there are green onions. Like they, they just pop up green, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And you'll have regular grass and like shoots of green onions. So every time Chad mows the grass, it smells like onions mm. in the yard. And I pull them as much as I can because it's just the worst. Because what happens is you cut them and then the sun bakes on it. And then you have the smell of rotting <laughs> yes. onions. And it's terrible. You know what we're starting in the season of, and we didn't know this till we moved into a house last year that had palm trees. And our palm trees get these little fruits that are about the size of a quarter. And they're like hundreds of them in a bunch. And they drop them all at the same time. You'll get hundreds of these dropped to below the tree. Well, we didn't know about this. We had no idea. We didn't have these kind of palm trees at the other farm. So apparently you can eat them. I didn't know. We haven't tried them yet. But apparently you can eat them. But if you leave them in your grass, they start to smell like really, really rancid wine after about two weeks. I really want to eat something. So like now we have to clean those up because they really smell bad after a while. Here's one. Christine says stinky cheese. Oh, I can't do blue cheese or those stinky cheeses. I can't do that. I'm, I'm oh, going to no. ruin something for Katie right now because no. she's like, oh, my gosh, puppy breath. And, yes, there is something just really nice about puppy breath until I worked for a vet. And he was like, do you know what that puppy breath smell actually is? Rotting something. Worms in their belly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I might have ruined that for you, but I just thought you should know. That's what a vet well, told me. <sighs> Paige went to the other direction of the dog and said, my dog's feet. And I'm not going there either, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know why that would be. Go ahead. Though. Magic markers. Do like magic markers. I, I like that smell. Um, let's see. What else? Dog's feet. Another one for dog's feet. What did dog's feet? Some, y'all are weird. Why are you they smelling your dog's feet? They poop and stuff at the barn. I don't know. The smell of a sweaty horse. God, I love it. And you know, when you bring your horse up in the morning, and you start <laughs> exchanging breath and you really breathe in their breath. I love that. Horses and leather, a lot more horses and leather. Diesel gets probably the most votes. And see, when you were saying diesel, I wasn't thinking after the truck started. I was thinking just like the raw diesel that you're putting in. That's not bad either. Uh, Wait, cat beat Lisa? They poop in a litter box. (laughs) Rain on a hot day. Cowboy magic. Yeah, that doesn't smell too bad, actually. Um, I'll go with cow burps. Equiderma. That's every time I spray that fly spray, like I sprayed it yesterday, Farrier was here. He's like, not that one. (laughs) This is the Equiderma one. And he's like, that smells so good. What is that? You're thinking of the, what what was the Eco Gold? No, it was Eco Gold. uh, Oh, the, uh, yeah, I know which one you mean. That one smelled like death. Yeah, it did. It did. There's nobody it like that smell. Makes me and the horses sneeze. <laughs> Old school photocopier. Yeah, that's the one we just talked about. Mimeographs. Um, mammograms. <laughs> Love the smell of mammograms. <laughs> uh, cigars. I can't stand cigars. I just can't uh, stand. But she, Robin says she likes them because they smell like her grandpa. Oh, there you go. See, yeah. it's just all about, it's like hearing a song and it takes you back to a time in your yeah. life that's good. Uh, dog Paul's another one. I don't get that one. <laughs> Um, birds. She worked in an exotic pet shop, and they had all kinds of birds. And she has a pump. You know what that smells like? 
<laughs> Who is she? Because would she like some parakeets? Heather, Heather said that. <laughs> so Heather, yeah, you can have some parakeets. So <laughs> Jenny, we Jamie's like the not liking they're, the smell of birds anymore. <laughs> they're 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 fine. It's yeah, no, they can go. It's fine. I'd be fine with that. Jessica will get us both sick. Moldy Barnes and the root cellar in her par- grandparents' house. We would be sick for a month. I'd have an asthma attack and die. Can I just tell die. you that as we've started talking about this, my nose is actually stuffy. Like I'm getting You're getting a contact high here. Reading all of these. Uh, tobacco pipe from a pipe. And again, oh, tobacco pipes smell like cotton candy. Grandparents, you know, Grandpa. some of them do actually. They have a sweet smell. Old moldy books. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Anything uh, mold. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. A lot of I have cat, so many cat allergies feet. that like cat feet. <laughs> yeah, just I don't get cat feet. Um, let me see if we have anything else that's different here. I don't even know what that is. Petricor. Petricor. I don't know what that is. Um, diesel exhaust, diesel fumes, d- 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 diesel. God, diesel winds. Saddle Again, soap. Cool uh, certain saddle soap, maybe, but that bar stuff, not so much. The musty smell of an antique shop. I can <laughs> smell one of those from 10 feet away. And I, I, I don't know about you. Your allergy is bad as mine. I can't go in or I won't breathe for an hour in an antique shop. I take one for the team. I love antique <laughs> shopping. <laughs> you do, but I can't breathe for an hour. It's like, and are you the same way? If, if I walk into a house or a building of any kind with mold, I know instantly. Glenn, let me tell you a little story. About the time that I had a job interview for this crazy person who wanted to hire me to do a daily podcast (laughs) about horses. Oh, that's right. You came to my house. And I came to your house (laughs) for like four days. And the cat. And you're stupid. We had the hairiest cat Are we in post-show right now? Your stupid fucking cat (laughs) literally made his bed my face. And then you, but you can't close the door because it's a kitty and he's going to be upset and he's going to want to come into the room. And if he can't get into the room, he's going to pee on the floor. Like, I got to let him in. And then I'm like, Jesus, do you remember how many times I went for walks? It's like, you know, I'm just going to take a walk. I need to take a walk. I need to fucking breathe because this long haired, again, here we are 14 years later, (laughs) long haired cats. Like I can see a long haired cat and I will sneeze and my face starts to turn red. And what, what do I do? Yeah. mm -hmm. And then it's, fucking long-haired cat and it's like and i'm trying to be cool because i'm trying to get a job and now i would drop kick that fucking cat out of my bedroom and there were like, times i wanted to do that with that cat too <laughs> so i went to a facebook page that also posted this called lifestyle quotes you want to hear what non-horse people say is their favorite smells that other people don't like uh a freshly cut grass is in there cow poop oh god that's awful Horse poop I can handle. Cow poop I can't. Charcoal burning on the grill. And I like that because of the, the – my dad used to cook a charcoal grill, and he used to use the lighter fluid. And what you're smelling is the lighter fluid. And I do like that one. I'll go with that one. Um, wife cooking with garlic. Oh, I love the smell of Yeah, you eat garlic everything. Yeah. Um, you're you're deaf. New books. Not old books, but a brand new book with the smell of the ink. I'll go there. I'll, I'll give him that one. I don't like that one. There's so many puppy breaths in here. Worms. For the regular people. <laughs> <laughs> Nail polish remover. Yeah, I like that. Do you? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Lighting a match. No, I don't like that one. Um, it smells like birthday to me when I smell m- matches being lit because it reminds me of my parents when they were, when I, I had parents that lived together and loved me and each other. Uh, they would do birthday candles and smell like matches. Here's one that'll bring you back instantly to your uh, little childhood Crayola crayon smell. Yeah, I have a kid. It's not that far away. 
Not that far back, Glenn. <laughs> Isopropyl alcohol. That just reminds me of my little tiny doctor's office when I grew up in a little tiny town in Pennsylvania. That's what that reminds me of. A brewery when you drive by. What are you saying, Glenn? <laughs> I actually worked in a brewery. Do you want me to clarify that? <laughs> I worked in a brewery, Glenn, and so it reminds me of working at Rock Bottom Brew Pub in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, WD-40. My grandpa used to put that on his hands when he has arthritis flared up. Really? Yeah. Did it work? Yeah, he's, he says it did. Huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ocean Breeze. I don't, I'm surprised we haven't heard that one before. Yeah, but then it, it gets some sort of dead fish smell. Every yeah, time. it always goes from the Ocean Breeze <laughs> to the dead fish smell very quickly. If something's beached. <laughs> and you know, this is an odd one, but you'll know exactly what the smell is because we've all... Because we all remember the smell, the smell of Lowe's or Home Depot. When you walk into Lowe's or Home Depot, it has a smell, and it's mostly the fresh wood, I think. But <laughs> copper tone. Mm. Oh, like the sunscreen. Mm. I was thinking copper tox. No, copper tone. <laughs> copper tone, again, not one. Uh, freshly cut hay. Yes. I'll go with freshly cut hay. That's kind of. I like love the, everything about cutting hay. Yes, everything, especially when it's done and stacked in your barn. Yeah, <laughs> and paid for. Here is one, and it's something I never thought of, but we've all smelled it. Is new money, brand new money, has a smell. I love the smell of all money. <laughs> uh, oh my god, some of these are just bad. Um, some of these are just pink erasers. Remember the pink erasers from high school these are or from weird. school. Mm. My nose is so stuffed up after this segment. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Like I'm talking, like my I'm nose trying. is plugged. Uh, puppy Wrap paws. Even in the regular one, that's not horse people. They have puppy paws. A bunch of them. I'm gonna I go smell Homer's paws. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what it's. I, I like. wouldn't do that. Homer's pretty. <laughs> he has big fat paws that gather everything. I would guess. Oh, uh, he's probably diseases dog. in there in the Homer's paws. Well, that's it for today. There, uh, we made everybody with allergies worse. Um, and we have we have had the most depressing show in the history of horses in the morning. <laughs> Was there anything positive in today's show? I'm going back through. Hold on, I'm looking. I, I'm not sure there was um, fireworks. Fireworks. Going back through horses getting out, giant snails. No, Stitcher's League. No, not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day. <laughs> Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse. <laughs>